0: Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel one by one. We will be discussing details from previous episodes, but we'll be spoiler free for future episodes. I'm Harrison.
1: And I'm Jason. Harrison, what episode are we watching this well, week?
0: Well, Jason, I'm uh, sorry to say uh, that we are watching season five, episode 16, The Body um and you know which one this is this is yeah uh in this episode the scoobies must deal with the immediate uh, emotional fallout of Joyce's death
1: and uh the body was written and directed by the show's creator and originally aired on February 27th 2001 so happy valentines day buffy fans yeah good god All right, let's hit
0: that intro music. Jason.
1: Yes, Harrison.
0: How are your emotions?
1: Um, well, that is definitely the most emotional I've been during any of the episodes of Buffy that we have watched together for the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um... I hadn't seen this episode since my initial watch through Buffy many a year ago, and as I was telling you, it's not really one that you, it's not really one that uh, one tends to revisit. Yeah. Um, but no, it's uh. I liked that, despite the fact that I knew that everything that was going to happen in the episode, I was still able to get those strong emotions. It, mm-hmm. it shows very, very amazing writing and direction, and performances from the entire cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I'm right there with you. I've definitely seen this episode more frequently. Um, and I don't want to say I've become, like, numb to it. Um, so I definitely haven't. There are moments that really get me. Um, but I've almost come to watch this episode with, like, a very
1: clinical eye. and You know what I mean? So I've been thinking, like... Since we did our last episode, mm-hmm. um, reprise, just how we were going to tackle this. And I just start, was thinking about the episode in general. And the interesting thing to talk about the body is that it's not, I would not call it the best episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. But I believe a very strong argument could be made for the importance oh, yeah. of it. That it could be the most important episode of Buffy Vampire Slayer. I've seen several, um, like TV Guide, um, and a bunch of other like affiliates, uh, rank like, oh, these are like the best television episodes of all time. And if any episode from Buffy makes it onto that list, it's usually the body. Mm-hmm. And I think. The important thing about that is that, well, I don't know if it's... Well, I wouldn't argue that it is the best at what Buffy is all about. Mm -hmm. I think at times it actually kind of transcends its art form. Yeah. And it becomes something that maybe... That normal Buffy episodes don't really get as hard into yeah like, obviously in this like it's the display of grief and um shock mm-hmm. and uh and yeah and just and it's also like this episodes so different
0: yeah exactly you would never like this is an incredible piece of television but you know as an episode of Buffy it's um and I'm, I'm trying to choose my words carefully so as to not diminish the power and the impact of this episode but like you're right it's not a um, it's not an episode you would show someone to be like this is w- what Buffy is all about now it might it's an episode that you could show people to say like this is what an episode of Buffy can do yeah but it's not necessarily indicative of the show um a really weird comparison I'm gonna make that I hope um, makes sense is the Doctor Who episode blink Um which I a lot of people I hear are like use that as like a, oh this is that's an, episode, an entry episode as an intro episode and that always shocks me because I'm like but that's it's a wonderful episode it's an amazing episode but like it's also to me it's not indicative of a typical Doctor Who episode which is why it stands out so much
1: I think um, I think the reason that it's like that's used as an intro an intro episode for people is that you don't have to have all of the backstory of the series. That is
0: totally true. Yeah. I mean, you can um, go in as fresh as Sally Sparrow and, yeah. but yeah.
1: Yeah. If I was thinking of a comparison, like to bring up a movie that uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, before we watched the episode, um, Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anyone can deny the greatness of the movie Schindler's List. I think it like, it's, it's probably one of the best movies that I've ever seen in my life. But at the same time, we, if I'm like hanging out with friends And like oh like oh, let's watch a movie I will never yeah. Ever suggest Schindler's List Like that is And it's because it puts you through Like the whole The whole gambit of emotions yeah. And uh, that's what this is That's what this I feel like that's what this episode did
0: Yeah Agreed Alright well let's talk about um, our liquor um, <laughs> Cause y'all um, we need the booze for this week. Yeah. And, and listeners, I, I we're going to do our best. I mean, this is going to be a more serious episode, but there's some humor in this episode. There you is. You know, it's um, I mean, yeah, often it's, it, very dark. It, um, and
1: it's not every day that Xander punches a wall. It, no, it's not. Um,
0: so, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take it down lighter paths when we have the opportunity, but, you know, maybe this, yeah, fewer dick jokes this week.
1: This will be a fairly somber episode, yeah. but I think that's appropriate mm-hmm. to this episode yes
0: all right well jason and i are both drinking uh vodka based uh fruit drinks this week i've got a screwdriver jason's got a vodka cranberry
1: which i think is like my third one in a row
0: probably um you just happen to be keep coming by when vodka and cranberry juice happen to be on the bar <laughs>
1: hey i'm not a. Uh, am not complaining
0: um. Well, a toast. Uh, here's to those we love who are no longer with
1: us, and um, also to I want to add on to uh, anybody who has ever lost a parent, mm-hmm. whether it be recent or not so recent. It's something that'll always stick with you. Yeah. So. Cheers.
0: All right. So for this episode. I thought we the way we could maybe handle this instead of doing our normal just like recap straight through. um, This episode is divided into little vignettes, much like um, four four specific yeah, Yeah. um, much like um, Restless was yeah. So I figured this would be a great opportunity to kind of repeat the formatting we did there, where we just do like a brief recap of the vignette and then just have a discussion about it. Um, I think that's the easiest way to get through all these feelings. And and this episode isn't one about plot. Yeah, It's all about emotion. So I feel like just recapping what happens beat by beat isn't going to be conducive for a good conversation. Yeah,
1: and I mean, you you look at this episode overall and, um, like, story-wise, not a lot happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, And speaking of, like, uh, Restless, though, um, we now kind of get, like, a little revelation on buffy's vision of joyce uh being like sealed into the wall yeah i mean it, that was a uh for those who knew that was a clear indicator um that buffy was eventually going to bury her mother yeah um
0: so um i'm just gonna skip over the first scene we've already talked about it at the end yeah, of last week yeah it's, um, the, yeah it's the exact same scene uh-huh. Um, this is
1: arguably the the most iconic of the vignettes. Um, yeah. I, I, if we're talking about like we're dividing into four, we've got Buffy discovering the body. Mm-hmm. We've got Dawn at school. We've got we the Scooby, dorm room. yeah, the Scooby's in the dorm room, and then we've got the hospital slash morgue.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. Bef- between uh the first little bit of this vignette, it kind of snuggled in here, is this flashback scene. Uh, this it's also a Christmas episode um, the, the, In this quick flashback We have uh, the Scoobies And Joyce having a Christmas dinner um, Joyce, Giles, and Buffy go to the kitchen To get dessert and kind of clean up a bit While the Scoobies have a fun discussion about the real Santa Claus, yes. who loves to, who, he still comes down and children's on Christmas Eve, and has reindeer, and he has reindeer, but he does not do presents. He's more about the disemboweling children. Um, uh, also, I, I <laughs> Dawn do, accidentally gets drunk.
1: <laughs> I do have to say, I love that. Um, I love that. Like once, uh, once Anya reveals that Santa is real. Like obviously, Dawn's getting excited because she's younger. But Xander and Tara and Willow also get really excited. They're like, "No way! Santa's real!" (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, this is a
0: a very sweet scene. So it's here's the
1: thing. I I guess the first time I watched this, I assumed this was a this was a hallucination. Oh really? uh, Yeah, I. I didn't think that this happened. It seemed like, uh, to pardon the word, but Mary, <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, seemed like, I don't know why, but when I first saw this episode, it went straight to my head that Buffy just like immediately went to a happy place that she created. Oh. I mean, it probably Which makes she more
0: does later in the episode as yeah.
1: well. It probably makes more and. And I think maybe it's because her later like mm-hmm. hallucinations or um, idealizations of what should happen, uh, maybe that's what contributed to it. I never thought that this scene actually happened, but uh. it makes a little more sense that it did. <laughs> um,
0: that's an interesting perspective. Yeah, I've always just assumed it was a flashback, and um, would it be... I mean, it would have to be a recent flashback. It would have had to have been, because Tara's there, it would have and had And is there. And, oh, fuck, well... <laughs> I guess any, Don can be in any flashback. That's true.
1: So it would have been like, uh, it arguably would have been this past Christmas. mm -hmm.
0: Which would have been just after her choice of surgery. So maybe that's why they're so just like, yay. Um, The scene is a little jarring, but I don't mind it. One, part of it's just existence structurally in the episode is because they did not want the guest star credits and all that, writer, director credits to be playing under the scene of Buffy finding her mother. They Makes sense. Um, and they're, they have to have those credits. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, that's union rules and all that. So, um, so they wanted to put something here, but I think they utilize it well. It's a one, it is just like a brief, a bit of a breather, you know, take a breath before we get into it. Um, it does give us, it gives us a moment for all of the characters to be together in a happy memory with Joyce. Um, so that it really, really cements how great a loss this is, not just for Buffy and Dawn, but for everyone yeah. in this group.
1: Because, um, and, uh, that's, I think, um, that's probably, obviously there's the grief, but, um, a big thing that this episode showcases is, the importance of Joyce to everyone. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you have to think like, uh, and not just to them, but also, um, to, the, to like the fans. Yeah. Cause, um, you know, I, I feel like Joyce was probably one of those characters that, um, kind of feels like, uh, for people who may not have had the best parents that they were watching this, like, God, I wish my mom was like Joyce. Yeah. Um, and yeah and joyce was always kind of first a mother and um i don't know if like hank leaving pushed her into that or pushed her into like just being a better mother um but yeah fuck hank but um fuck <laughs> hank. but uh yeah um joyce joyce's impact is front and center in yes
0: yeah. yeah no oh um and so, yeah, this gives us the smash cut to, uh, which is really upsetting, uh, just a Buffy and Joyce knocking over the pie smash cut directly to the body. Um, and I am going to refer to the body as such, um, cause a big point of this episode is, um, that negative space that we'll talk about when we get to Dawn's vignette. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not Joyce. Joyce is gone. Um, yeah. Who got just saying that? And I got a little like, fuck. Um, All right. So, in this vignette, Buffy discovers her mother's body. Um, We have Buffy tries to revive her mother. Um, She calls 911. She performs CPR. Um, She goes into a bit of a a fugue state Um, after trying to perform CPR. um, She calls Giles and says, She's at the house, which I'm just pinning for us to come back to when we Mm -hmm. have our our wider discussion, because I think that's a really interesting moment. Um, The paramedics arrive. They attempt to revive Joyce. um, And there is a brief um, uh, hope spot where the resuscitation appears to work. Joyce is rushed to the hospital. Um, It's a miracle. We get another very cruel smash cut back to the body and um, revealing that this was just Buffy's imagination. Um, the paramedics declare her dead, which I don't think paramedics can do, but it's fine. Um, and uh, they Buffy waits for the coroner to arrive. She does um, have a walkthrough of her house throws up briefly she hears some children playing outside uh, giles arrives sees joyce um, well he actually to... doesn't see joyce he doesn't first. see joyce at first but yeah but yeah. once he sees joyce he uh tries to resuscitate her as well at which point buffy uh finally breaks and shouts we're not supposed to move the body and she breaks down Childs hugs her mm-hmm. and it's amazing how so much and you know that was what five sentences of description of what of what but it's a it's i it was shocking to me as i was going through it i was like wow this feels so glib i'm just like running through all this but this this really is all that happens yeah nothing really happens but the way the nothing happening is filmed and performed is the negative space, the negative space yeah um,
1: no uh, and i this episode probably more than any buffy episode up to this point uh utilizes tracking shots mm-hmm. a lot more like there are quite a few that i noticed and i um i love tracking shots Me too. um <laughs> it really is just like A little bit of a cheat code um your movie has to be really bad to be full of tracking shots and me not be into it Mm -hmm. the revenant um but uh but no i typically associate tracking shots with um like action scenes or stuff like that so um getting tracking shots used one on like you know a lower budget tv show as compared to something like game of thrones right um And also, like, not being used for action, but being used to, like, set up this mood. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. It's so... I mean, this tracking shot, the one that's... I mean, there's several of them, but the one that always stands out to me is after the paramedics have left. Um, And she just walks from the living room um, through this little sitting room that we've never seen before um, that I... I'm guessing was maybe built for this episode to facilitate this tracking shot.
1: Yeah. I I Um, felt the same thing about the morgue hallway as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, she throws up in that little room and then goes into the kitchen and outside. um, It's just such a great scene. And um, what stands out to me in this section, uh, upside from the tracking shots and um, it's how bright Everything is particularly when Buffy goes outside and we get the close-up of her face and the sun is so so hot on her um, and we hear children playing and that's another big thing thing theme of this episode that I'm gonna point it out whenever I, I can but this theme of life going on even in the middle of this horrible horrible thing I'm
1: I'm remembering uh, a line from Hamilton the musical. Mm-hmm that, uh, it's like the song that introduces Thomas Jefferson at the beginning of act two. Mm-hmm. And, um, he does say, um, but the sun comes up and the world still spins. Mm-hmm. So, um, the world, the world does go on even if, um, we suffer a loss. And, um, but I think that kind of like perfectly captures it because mm-hmm. if you've ever experienced, and this kind of like ties into, a. Anya's big moment in the episode mm-hmm. but if you've ever experienced um, the death of somebody incredibly close to you in this regard whether it be a parent a sibling or um, somebody who holds like that level of importance with you obviously you see like the rest of the world moving and you're just like how on earth can you guys mm-hmm. go on like this like this person has died
0: yeah um, yeah. I um, I read this uh it was like an article or something. Um, I don't think it was an article. Maybe it was. But it was some basically this woman was talking about how her father had just died. And um, but she was also out of um like breakfast food for her child who was like four. And so like on the day her father had died. She also had to go to the grocery because she has to care for her child and make sure he has food. And it was, and she was just describing how surreal the experience was of being like, you know, she has to continue to do this thing, this mm-hmm. normal thing on this day that she's just lost most important person in her life. And she's at the grocery store surrounded by people who are not going through that. And it was, it was just a very interesting article, um, or story. I don't I, Yeah. I can't remember what it was, but. Um, so yeah. Um, let's talk about Buffy's she's at the house line. So it's always stood out to me and I've never, obviously Giles thinks when she hears she's at the house, Giles thinks it's glory.
1: And the Scoobies think something similar.
0: Exactly. Do you think Buffy is saying she's at the house and she is referring to glory As a, just a, kind of an autopilot, I know Giles will come here as fast as possible. If he thinks that thing, is he, when he says she, is she referring to Joyce? It's always been, I don't know, and maybe I'm overthinking it, but this line's always been a bit of an enigma about Buffy's thinking, or if she's thinking anything. So
1: this scene, and honestly, I don't, I don't think there was ever any indication that Buffy thought that Glory was the one responsible right. for this. Yeah, I don't think um, so. And I think it's because Buffy found the body the way that she did. Yeah. Um. So I think Glory is not even in her mind right yeah. now. Hell, I mean, it takes her a while to realize that she has to tell Dawn. Yes. Yeah. Um. Because she, and unfortunately, she's the one who who finds the body, and she's the one that has to deal with the immediate emotional impact. And it's it's kind of weird to think that just for that moment before she calls Giles, or even before she calls 911, she's the only one that knows. Yeah. So she has mm-hmm. this burden of knowledge all on her, and nobody else in the show has that burden because there's always somebody that, like, oh, also knows what's going on. So mm-hmm. just for that brief instant, it's all on Buffy. Yeah. Um, I wanted to give like I really like the way that the uh, that both the nine one one operator and the paramedics were depicted because mm-hmm. they were um depicted as extremely competent yeah and doing exactly the right thing. Yeah. Um, like I I love that I love like the nice touch of um the nine one one operator like continuing to stay on the line mm-hmm. and reassuring Buffy as, like, best she can. Um, obviously, like, she says that, like, uh, she's the first one to say, like, the body's cold. Yeah. And, um, and, like, that immediately makes Buffy angry. She's like, no, my mom's cold. And, uh, but, and I think, like, the, like, the 911 operator does course correct, like, the dispatcher does course yeah. correct. And, um... It's very compassionate. Yeah. And then the paramedics, um, the... And there's some really good camera work going on throughout this, uh, episode. And I, one that I did enjoy was that, uh, when the paramedic, after they have like called Joyce, um, they, uh, like he's trying to talk directly to Buffy and, um, he's trying to say like what he has to say. Um, and he does say that he's sorry for a loss as well. And it does feel genuine. Yeah. And, but like a good aid to Sarah Michelle Geller's acting in this, which is just spot on throughout the entire episode. was oh, fucking incredible. Um, is that you never see like you kinda see Buffy's field of vision. Yeah. So she's never looking directly at the face of the paramedic. Yeah, just at his mouth. Yeah. And that's like as high as you go and a lot of like the shot mm-hmm. is just his chest. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense because I know that like when I've um I I've never like really received news like this but if I do ever receive like some depressing news I I typically it's hard for me to like look somebody in the face when mm-hmm. they deliver it it's yeah, you like, get a bit I, of tunnel vision. yeah, I have to like focus on something else like on like a sleeve cuff or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah
0: there's also really great shots uh d- during the same conversation anytime. Uh, that we're coming from the other perspective and looking at Buffy's face, um, almost the majority of the screen is taken up by the paramedic's shoulder, with just like a sliver of screen of Buffy's face, like being dwarfed by him, and you just feel how small she feels. Yeah. Um, in this encounter, and it's good observation. It's just really, it's it's heart wrenching, and and the way she, the way Sarah Michelle Gellar switches between the the panic upon discovering her mother and um, and the, the how she acts during this the 911 call giving the CPR and the panic and then yeah, like I said this like after she breaks Joyce's rib um, and there there I went. Um, she's called her Joyce. now I'm getting emotional. Um, after she breaks the rib and she she kind of shuts down. Like she, she basically from that point is in like a catatonia until she calls, until that moment where she says we're not supposed to move the body.
1: Now I could be wrong, um, but uh, I remember hearing about like CPR. I've never been CPR certified, but I ha- I have. Oh really? Okay. Yes. Um, I had to for uh, when I worked at the Kentucky Center oh well then maybe you can verify this Mm -hmm. Um, but I do remember like I think at Boy Scouts when we were talking about CPR um, I specifically remember them saying like uh, when you are compressing the chest you do have to like compress it with enough force that it is possible that Mm -hmm. like a rib will break and I'm like well what happens if like a rib breaks and then punctures a lung or something like well that you're shit out of luck sorry and like yeah yeah it's so, yeah, that's one.
0: It's yes, it's entirely possible that you will break a rib while performing CPR on someone, and that is just part of it. Like, that's mm-hmm. what they tell you, it's just that's part of it, and you have to keep going. Um, unless like something like that happens, and, and I haven't been recertified in a while, so I don't, if I'm, I can't remember exactly but what i remember being told was it's incredibly unlikely to be able like yes it's possible for you to break a rib but most people don't have the strength to like break a rib and like puncture something okay. with it all right um well, that's it's reassuring, more likely that... to be like a fracture or okay. something um but yeah it's the cuz it's always the question it's like I what mean, if i break a rib and it's like you might break a rib yeah yeah and
1: i mean i assume that that is, like, something that is acceptable to happen mm. because otherwise they wouldn't still be teaching CPR. Yeah, because um,
0: yeah, they're, like, you know, broken ribs, better than yeah. dead. Um, and, of course, Buffy is very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and her CPR here was um, more or less right. It was still TV CPR. Yeah. Um But because they they gotta they it was still a little more realistic than most cpr you see one because it does show someone breaking a rib which you mm-hmm. almost never see on tv yeah but um just because of the fact that joyce is not going to be revived it allows them a little leeway with that because um there's a trope on tv tropes called cPR clean pretty reliable mm-hmm. which is the trope of how how cpr is portrayed on television and film is not realistic at all Mm -hmm. um so it's it's nice to see it here be a little little more realistic um yeah because
1: that's what we needed in this episode more realism um
0: i do i i have some questions about the paramedics and if they are really allowed to declare the death or if they would have actually left her there i know they got called to another thing um i don't know how realistic that is i'm not gonna go look it up um it doesn't break the episode for me if it's uh, not
1: and uh the comment on the realism uh because of the until the very end of the episode the distinct lack of supernatural elements Mm -hmm. there is a lot more realism incorporated into the episode
0: Mm -hmm. and even that that at the end is more and we'll get to it because obviously we're going to have to have a whole discussion about that, but mm-hmm. it, it's more grounded than what we usually see in that type of scene. Yep. Um, is there anything, um, a- anything else that we want to touch on in this scene before we move on to Dawn?
1: I think you pretty much got it. I'll, um, uh, just, yeah. And like to bring up, uh, Giles, like, um, he doesn't even, he doesn't even look, at uh, the body, he just he walks in through the door. and He's mm-hmm. like upset. He's uh, he's worried, and um, he's just immediately looks at Buffy. And he's like, "Buffy, was it Glory? Um, what happened?" And like Buffy's just saying at this point, like just kind of empty words. Yeah, and we ha- we're when, waiting for the coroner. We're yeah, right and and that's when um, Giles looks to the left and sees that. So I love that, like um, you know, he immediately came. And his immediate concern was Buffy so yeah. much so that like he didn't even notice uh, the yeah. dead body in the yeah. next room um,
0: so that actually is one more thing I want to touch on in this scene is we mentioned this little sitting room that we've never seen before but I also don't think we've ever been in this hallway either between that like that like um it goes from the front door like to that sitting room. It's obviously been there because there's, there's obviously Mm -hmm. been a hallway past the stairs, but I don't think we've ever actually like really seen it and we're seeing it from this new perspective. So it's really disorienting. Yes. Um,
1: Um, And yeah, and like, I think it, I think the reason that those, that those uh, like locations aren't used fairly often is One, probably because of budget, and they don't normally have them. Yeah. But two, uh, they're probably, like, set, um, not like three camera sitcom set uh, camera shot Mm -hmm. angles and everything, but definitely, like, some preferred angles in each room. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, we, so we always, like, if we're doing a, if we're doing a kitchen shot, then we're going to have the cameras here or here or here. Yeah. So, um. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's... I was I was trying to... I was thinking about it. Like, we definitely know that the lower half of the Buffy Buffy's house is... At least, unless they've been really good at tricking me, is one set. Because we can see the dining room from the living room mm-hmm. and vice versa. And we can see the kitchen from the dining room. The only time we... The only angle we never have seen until this episode is from the living room into the kitchen. So there's part of me wondering if until this episode, there just wasn't anything there. And then they put that in there. Like,
1: uh, we need to make a clue board for Buffy. (laughs) I, for the summer's house. I'd play that. (laughs) All right. Um, you don't need, you haven't even played your Buffy game. I have played my Buffy Uh, game. Have you played it with other people? I have not played it with other people. You've only done it single player. only
0: played it single player, but it was actually, even single player was quite fun. So I really do just need to get all all my Buffy friends to come (laughs) play it. Um, Alright, at the Sunnydale Junior High... It's Junior High, so it hasn't exploded. Um, uh, Dawn is crying in the uh, in the girl's bathroom, but it is very quickly revealed she's not crying um, over Joyce's death. She doesn't know about it yet. Uh, she is crying because um, someone, a fellow student, called her a freak. And... Uh, the uh she's been uh, another girl named christy what a great bitch name um, <laughs> probably incident eye <laughs> um, oh, i'm sorry it's Kirsty my apologies my apologies to all the christies out there um and i guess now i'm insulting all the Kirsties um <laughs> including Kirsty Alley um but Kirsty had been well acceptable um <laughs> kirsty has been spreading rumors that Don. I'd like to call um, this
1: vignette the secret life of the American teenager.
0: It, it actually... <laughs> well, we'll get to this. I'll finish. Um, kirsty spread rumors that Dawn was adopted, which is kind of true, um, and that Dawn has been cutting herself, uh, which Dawn proclaims that it happened once and it was an accident, which is... It did happen once. It wasn't an, an accident. accident, but... Um, we're allowing it for extreme trauma, as Buffy said in that episode. Uh, not a, allowing it, but like, you Dawn know. Calling
1: adopted is like calling the dean in a in-community gay. That's like only one-sixth <laughs> of what I am. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: really, really, like, uh, really simplifying things. Um, her, she's consoled by her friend. She cleans herself up. She, they go to their art class where they are drawing, um, not the model, but the negative space around the model, um, like
1: some a uh, statue that looks like similar to the Venus de Milo, I've, but with arms. Yeah,
0: or... I've always been like, "Oh, it's Venus de Milo," and then I'm like, "No, it's not," because arms. And I, I don't know, maybe it's just because it's a titty statue. Um, <laughs> but um, this, uh, the uh, this boy Kevin, who's next to her in class, they start to talk. Um, he gets a little philosophical. Um, Don's about to make a joke about Kirsty saying anal instead of anal, um, when, uh, Buffy comes into the classroom, um, and Buffy talks briefly to Don's teacher. We kind of see this happening, like, while Don's and this boy are talking. Uh, I want to point out that Don's friend has written out, he wants you on her art pad and held it up behind Don, um. Just a nice little moment of humor before everything mm-hmm. goes to fucking shit. Um, Don pulls Buffy out of, nope, Buffy pulls Don out of class. Um, and Don's like reading the room. She's, the less Buffy says, the bored Don hears. Like, you know, and she finally is, she tells her, um, like
1: because this is the first person that buffy truly has to tell yeah because she didn't tell giles giles saw what happened yeah so she's got to tell dawn this yeah.
0: and dawn doesn't take it well dawn completely breaks down uh outside of her classroom with um all of her peers and her teacher
1: watching on yeah and like um and yeah i think um i mean the teacher doesn't have too much to do in this episode but she does have this look that kind of conveys a lot of sympathy, empathy, yeah. sympathy and empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, just that, um, and maybe she's been through that before, but she's her look very much. says like, Oh my God. Cause like the other, the kids are looking and they're like, Oh no, what happened? Mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously the teacher knows what happened and she's like, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it's very um. It's it, I like how in because this is the shortest vignette mm-hmm. of, of them. It, hap- it It goes by really quickly. But I like in this very brief moment before Don Buffy comes in, um, we get a really great snapshot of what, like, what Dawn's life at school is like. You know, she's got this friend she's got a bully she's got a boy she has a crush on um and she's actually pretty good at art yeah yeah she was doing a good job mm-hmm. um and it's just uh they, they do a good job of building it up and so the and so that when it comes crashing down it's just so much more heartbreaking um so let's talk about the negative space um so as we said the teacher is having them draw the negative space um around the object not the object itself and that's what Joyce is in this episode right that's what this episode is all about it's about um it's not about Joyce, you know it that's you know if they wanted to make an episode about joyce it would have been called joyce and not the body
1: yeah it's 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 clearly about these characters who are mm now in interacting with this void that she has left exactly
0: um so i like i like just introducing that here specifically in the scene that's a more or less a one-on-one with dawn um i also just really like the um the choice to um take take our perspective to inside the classroom uh when buffy gives her the news um so we don't we don't hear what Buffy says. Um, we can hear what Dawn says, but it's very, very muted. Even though she's shouting, yeah. Um, she tells her it's not true. You're lying. Um, she's fine. Um, and it, it's like it's it, it makes me feel icky in a way by putting us in this classroom with all these kids staring. It, it makes us like almost complicit in that like. You know they're all watching this moment that should be private, grief mm-hmm. between two people, and that's what we are doing the whole episode. Yeah, um, it's really effective. It's really yeah. and Michelle Trachtenberg. I mean, mm-hmm. goddamn.
1: Well, I, I feel like it should go without saying, but everybody's performances are incredible in this. Yeah, um, and yeah, now I, I wanted to like uh, just add a little bit to um, to like how important it is that we get this snapshot of dawn's life because i feel like even at this point in the season you can still see dawn as like Glory's MacGuffin and mm-hmm. um buffy's sister yeah like the only time that we really see dawn interact has been with um either her and joyce and buffy or her and the scoobies yeah we don't know like about her private life um and all of the stories about her all of our school stories like apparently calling uh calling a teacher bad (laughs) word um that uh that's all something that we get second hand yeah so this episode like if it's very easy to fall into the trap of not seeing dawn as a full character Mm -hmm. um but this shows that like hey she's got her life too yeah and
0: and it's just been destroyed
1: yes Uh, but yeah, and like, and that, it wouldn't have that effectiveness and Dawn's other moments in the episode wouldn't be as effective if, especially following the first vignette, Mm -hmm. if this was, um, if this was just, uh, this was just like, oh, Buffy goes and tells Dawn. Yeah. Like, we've got to see Dawn's life. We have to remember that Dawn, while she is the mystical key that has been, um, has been retroactively implanted into the memories of everybody in the world. She is a human. Yeah. Um, she's a person.
0: I love the contrast, too, of her tears at the beginning and end of the scene. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, she she's worried about looking all rat faced, yeah, but they're n- quite cute tears. Muted tears. Yeah, she's upset, but it's about something ultimately pretty trivial. She doesn't feel that way in the moment, but she's able to move past it pretty quickly and dry her eyes and look presentable to the world. Um, compared to the, these, this ugly snotty tears that we get here that we're going to get in just a minute with Willow as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, I really appreciate it. Like it, it's a good bookend. Um, but also it's just, I just really, I really appreciate when TV's, TV shows, movies, etc. Let people be ugly in their grief. Um, uh, Ari Aster is so good at this. Hereditary and Midsummer, uh, when Tony Collette and Florence Pugh are crying, it's not cute. It's gross. It's visceral. It's it's horrible to look at.
1: Also, I mean, like uh, if I want to also go, like Rooney Mara in A Ghost Story. I've not um, seen that one yet. Oh, okay. So, um, so you don't know about the pie.
0: I, nope. Okay. But now I'm, I've, that's a movie I want to watch. And now you've just made me even more intrigued. So.
1: Do you want to like watch it sometime <laughs> together? <laughs> yeah, sure. Because uh, I wouldn't mind rewatching that movie. It's very good. Yeah. Um, very interesting.
0: Yeah. I, I just love when that grief is allowed or, or anger or whatever the emotion is. Like yeah. um, also just to go back to hereditary, that dinner scene where she, Tony Collette has that monologue and she has the line that I just love so much where she yells, um, uh, wipe that fucking face off your face because it's not eloquent. It's yeah. a stupid thing to say, but sometimes when you're that angry, the words are the words yeah. don't make sense. It's just it's just outpouring, and that's what we get here on a on a smaller level obviously because it's not a film and um but yeah, it lets Buffy it lets all these characters feel these ugly emotions um and lets them be ugly. All right. Anything else with Dawn? Nope. All right. We'll never see any of these teenagers again, Uh, except Dawn. Um, Also, not relevant, but the art teacher is just very, very pretty. Um, I just, every time I watch this, I'm just like, wow, you're extremely pretty.
1: So, um, the, the, that girl that is Dawn's bully, uh, Kirstie, Uh that is not the, uh, girl from, uh, him in season seven. Who does our, like, most favorite line ever. <laughs> no. No, I wish it were. Sorry, like, uh, the, I don't think that's too much of a mild spoiler, but uh, whatever. <laughs> no.
0: Um, I'll actually tell you, uh, that character is played by, um, oh, fuck, what's her, I can't remember the actress's name, but she plays uh, Clementine on Westworld.
1: Uh, yeah, um... You're talking about the
0: girl in the alley, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Just the,
1: uh...
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, At the dorms at UC Sunnydale, uh, I should mention that um, between each vignette, we get a shot of Joyce's body being prepared. Mm -hmm. Um, The first transition is her being... Um, between Buffy and Dawn's vignette is being put into the body bag zipped up Um, the transition here is um, they're cutting off
1: her clothes uh, in mm -hmm. the morgue yeah
0: Um, and that to me is um, the worst one it's just so undignified Um, and a little touch in Buffy's scene that we didn't mention is when she pulls down Joyce's skirt to just preserve a little bit of dignity Mm -hmm. for her um so uh Willow and Tara are waiting on Xander and Anya to get there. Um Willow's freaking the fuck out. Um I do know from interviews that this is um Willow's Freak Out is based on um a, something that uh Whedon himself had a freak out about when having to go to a funeral. Um so I just think that's really interesting. Um,
1: um and it's I think this was the moment when I realized that um, there was no music playing in this entire episode, Mm -hmm. when you have the shots of um, Willow and Tara getting ready to go, and uh, also Xander and Anya driving to the dorm to pick them up, Um, and yeah, there is no music in this episode. This is my, uh, this is the second installment of my sound trilogy. (laughs) Um, It's a lot less
0: fun than the other two.
1: Yeah. Our first one was, of course, last season in Hush, when nobody talked. And uh, the score was incredibly important for Mm -hmm. conveying uh, the scene. And now in this, we have no music. Yeah. No score. No score. And um, we'll wait and see about (laughs) this third part, because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who is very much unaware of yeah. it
0: the only music we get at all in this episode is some um is some oh fuck i can't remember if it's it's christmas music during the flashback mm-hmm. but it's playing in the scene so is that diegetic or non-diegetic i don't know fuck i can't remember now and that's embarrassing because i'm i should know that um
1: and of course like obviously the intro and credits music yes yeah
0: mm-hmm. uh, but there's no score right in the episode Um, Willow is, uh, freaking out because she doesn't know what to wear. She thinks she's worried that, um, clothes will be either too somber, too cheerful, disrespectful. Too royal. Too royal. Um, she has a specific blue shirt that she really wants to wear because Joyce said she liked it one time, but Willow can't find it. Tara is a fucking rock star.
1: And we find out later why. Yeah. Um, and uh, at first you would think that maybe it's because she has the least amount of time with Joyce. But I think it's more indicative of like, you know, what she reveals in the last yeah. vignette. Agreed.
0: Um, Xander and Anya arrive. Uh, Xander double parks. He doesn't care if he gets a ticket. He does. Uh, yeah. um, Tara volunteers to go look in the laundry room for the blue shirt um and Anya has been asking what Willow perceives to be inappropriate questions um which, which leads to will we
1: see the body yeah. are they going to cut the body open and uh yeah.
0: leads to the most probably most iconic moment of the episode yeah.
1: uh, Willow and Willow does like kind of like say like you can't say that stuff and she's like what like it's the way that you act and i think there's still some pent up rage <laughs> um and but I like that we have because I've mentioned it before. It seemed like it has seemed like a lot of this season, Willow has taken a um, a back seat yeah. to a lot that Willow and Tara have. Um, so much that this feels like probably the one of the most significant moments of Willow in quite a while. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that like we get to see that, but yeah, and then this does lead into yeah. Anya's speech.
0: Anya has, yeah, she gives this speech. She doesn't understand what's going on. She understands the facts of it, but she doesn't understand what that means and why it happens. And, um, and this leads to a, a great moment. I think of finally, I think, some true understanding between Willow and Anya here. Xander, Xander's having a completely different reaction. Um, he's angry. He he needs someone to blame. He needs he wants someone to-down
1: Glory. He wants to go after Glory. He
0: wants yeah, he blames the doctors. He 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 cannot, you know, he, he's very much in the anger phase of mm-hmm. this process. Um, which culminates him in him punching the wall. Um they uh the whole group, uh Tara has returned at this point, kind of come together over this injury that Xander has, um, has sustained, and and that just kind of kicks them all into gear of, like, okay, you know, all of our stuff right now doesn't matter. We gotta go. We gotta help Buffy. And they head off to the hospital. Not before Willow runs back in one last time to grab a sweater, and Xander gets a ticket.
1: Yeah. Um... Yeah, like, uh, oh, and it should be noted that uh, while um, Willow and Xander are talking to each other, Anya sits down on like, that big bowl chair and uh, ironically finds the, uh, <laughs> the blue sweater, sweater that um, Willow's been looking for, and they're just like shoves it into a drawer so that nobody sees it yeah um very funny yeah that is like a very Anya thing to do there um yeah like Anya's the two points that I cried in this episode were mm-hmm. when Buffy says we can't move the body yeah. and Anya's speech yeah so
0: yeah. well let's talk about Anya's speech then because and you know listeners you know I, I love to when we got a big moment like this I'd love to just quote it i don't have it we're not yeah, gonna do now, that like you that. know the speech yeah if you want to, like everyone it, knows the it, speech. it
1: very much is and i love that like uh, the reason that Anya doesn't understand is, and she says like it's this stupid mortal thing mm-hmm. and um and yeah like maybe the others have dealt with death but the only death that anya's really dealt with are the ones kill, she killing. did <laughs> yeah the ones she did and also like you know since she's been human, like the killing of the yeah. demons and vampires and all that. Um, but yeah, just, and she talks, she, I think she says the things that everybody thinks, mm-hmm. but is maybe too afraid to say. And then when I say everybody, I'm not just talking about the Scoobies. I'm talking about mm-hmm. anybody who loses somebody. It's like, Oh, Joyce is never going to drink fruit punch again. Um, and she's never going to like do all this stuff again. And like, there's just this body and I don't understand why Joyce can't just get back into it. And it's, and that is like, that is a struggle of humanity Mm -hmm. being confronted with your own mortality or the or the mortality of somebody who's very important to you. Yeah. I, this hits
0: me really hard. Um, as it's been said and as it will continue to be said, Emma Caulfield does an incredible, incredible job. It really gets to the heart of, at least for me, what, what I find scary about death. Um, and it's one of the things that makes me sometimes a bit jealous of, uh, religious people who, and people who believe in an afterlife. Um, I, the idea of just, not, any not being anymore is very scary to me because I. It's it's not the it's not the being dead that scares me. It's the it's the. It's the idea that there. It's it's the fact that I can't comprehend, not being.
1: Mm-hmm. Do
0: you know what I mean? It's like yeah, I because, can't comprehend what that is. Yeah,
1: because your entire consciousness is based on the fact that you are conscious. Yeah, and that you are, existing, so. You're basically asking yourself to think. It's kind of why people don't. It's kind of why people can't comprehend. um, Like they always talk about, like, oh, what happened before the Big Bang? It's Mm -hmm. like, well, nothing happened before the Big Bang because the Big Bang brought forth everything, including time. So unless you like subscribe to certain theories in which, like, oh, our universe is like the result of a um, of the expansion of like a previous universe. Um, that's, that's correct. That's stuff that has yet to be verified. Sorry. I'm like, are you okay? Are you... No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I didn't like, know that that was like a theory, but yeah. yeah. Well, it, not, yeah but it, but like, you're just, you were
0: just like <laughs> illustrating exactly what I'm talking about. Cause I, I just had a little panic attack. I'm when sorry. You said, it's okay. It's
1: okay. I'm sorry. But yeah, it's like, it's like, the, the, yeah, there's nothing before the big bang because like everything that is everything, like every concept. It, like that resulted from the big bang just like our existence like i mean in this if, if this movie doesn't give you a little bit if this episode doesn't give you a little bit of existential dread Ugh. um i i want to smoke whatever you're smoking because oh, um yeah
0: it's just it's a beautiful speech it's um and it's so uh, i like that a lot of things that she's talking about in it are like trivial fruit punch you know, eggs, combing your hair. Just things we take for granted. Um, the other big thing in this scene is um, Willow and Tara's first on-screen kiss. Um,
1: oh, yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: Um, and this was a deliberate uh, choice by Whedon. And listen, listeners, I know, I know. But... Credit where some credit is due because yeah, not are, everyone. We,
1: is... we are acknowledging the art.
0: Yeah. Um. It was very important to for to, to to the creative team. Um. After having to fight the network to allow a kiss in in the first place. Um. That it happened here in a moment of comfort and love. Um. And not be something that the network could exploit. Um. In marketing and um. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Yeah, uh, like,
1: nobody sees this as the lesbian kiss episode. Right.
0: Um, and if you and do, wow, what a bad take. Right? I'm sorry. But, but but unfortunately, I mean, we are in the era of television where that was, like, a thing. Right. Put a lesbian kiss in an episode, market the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Exploitation. Yeah, and, you know, um, I a show that I really, really love was a little guilty of this. Deep Space Nine has an episode like that. I will say, I think, of the lesbian kiss episodes, quote-unquote, it's one of the better ones. It's one of the ones that's not... I don't think is very gross or gratuitous. It, um, it's the one with Jadzia Dax and her former... Like, former uh, host's wife? wife. Yeah. I think actually... Curzon's through, wife? I think or, so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a beautiful episode. It but is. it, But... And I'm not going to blame Deep Space Nine for this. I'm going to blame... UPN? Did you say sound on UPN?
1: I think it was for. I don't know if it was for the entirety of its run, whichever but, network it was on. Yeah. Um, Voyager was definitely on UPN. Yeah.
0: So. Um, As Buffy was later on. Yeah. So, but yeah, this is it's a it's a it's a lovely moment for these two characters. Um, I'm gonna. I can't remember who it was, but I'm gonna. I wish I could shout them out. Or not shout them out. It's not a shout out. It's a, a shame. Shame them by name. Um, but some supposed television reporter who claimed that this was Buffy and Will... Oh, God, that's a different fanfic. Willow. That's a different fanfic. Um, this was their first kiss? Like, ever? And I was like... Bitch, please. That's some straight hetero nonsense.
1: Yeah, and... It uh, is their
0: first kiss on screen, but to... If you really believe that this is the first time Willow and Tara ever kissed,
1: yeah, and Mary was a virgin her whole life.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 else about this scene? We I think feel like those are the two big things, but like this
1: this one feels like it lasts the longest, mm-hmm. and I think that's deliberate because there are moments, then especially there's one big moment where like the four characters are just kind of standing around because none of them knows what to say. Yeah. And, and I think that's a very accurate depiction of people who are adjacent to those who have just lost lost somebody directly. Yeah. Um, obviously like the biggest emotions come from Buffy and Dawn, but, um, they are, these other four impacted by it as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, but they don't have the responsibilities that come with somebody dying that the next of kin do. Right. And they have to kind of come together and figure out, like, oh, how do we deal with this? And maybe we need to, like, get ourselves in the right headspace mm-hmm. before we go to comfort Buffy and Dawn. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it rings so true. There are so many things in this episode that are about grief and dealing with death that rings so true for anybody who's experienced stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, for one, um, due to events of last year, I felt very, um, I could relate hard to, uh, well, a lot of this, uh, a lot of the scene, especially Anya's, mm-hmm. uh, monologue. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're right. This definitely feels like the longest vignette, and it probably is. I mean, the. Um, I, I didn't time them, but it probably is the longest, but just that's by virtue of it has to showcase the. You know, Buffy is the star of the first vignette, Dawn is the star of the second. Um, th- but they have. It's all their space. Yes, Giles is there in Buffy's, but it's still Buffy's. Piece, yes, Buffy is there and Dawn's and her friends are, but it's still, all about Dawn. This one, the four of these characters have to share this space, so mm-hmm. it, it, it just by nature of it, it's going to take a little longer. But it's also um, it showcases four very different um, viewpoints and um, uh, and perspectives that feel very in character um, and and different reactions. Anya's confused. Willow is panicking. Um Xander is angry. And Tara is the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Um Tara says very little in this scene, but which every but every time she does speak, it's to comfort someone. Yeah. It's to comfort Willow. Um, you know, it's to um it's mostly to comfort Willow, but she also um she you know, she has those moments with Xander and Anya too. It was a great moment. When um, Anya says, it's one of her inappropriate comments, are we going to see the body or something mm-hmm. like that? And there's a moment that passes when Willow reacts like to it verbally, but there's a exchange of glances between Tara and Xander, where I think they both recognize that Anya's not trying to be hurtful. Yeah. Um, and Tara like kind of swoops in to be like, tries to smooth everything over. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, just the way all four of these characters kind of are interacting with each other in this scene, it's just, it's really, it's really good. And yeah, they, they, they are removed from it, you know, more so than Buffy and Don are, but you know, they still had a relationship with Joyce and, um, you know, it's going to affect them all in different ways. Uh, to the Ooh, hospital. Yes. Oh, Xander gets a ticket, This is just another, um, that, and just, like, all the students in the dorm going about their days, just more examples yeah. of life goes on. The gang arrives at the hospital. We get a little montage of, um, of hugs, and, uh, my, my favorite of which is Anya's, um, just... Overenthusiastic hug of giles which he's a little taken aback at first but then softens and it's a cute moment um
1: the uh yeah and our transition in this case is um the doctor is completing the exam yes thank you for reminding uh, me he then walks down and this is a another tracking shot Mm -hmm. he then like lee he covers up joyce's body um He, uh, there are other bodies in the morgue Mm -hmm. and that's important. Um, and then he, uh, like walks down this, uh, walks down this hallway of the morgue for the tracking shot and then comes out and, uh, that's when he basically, um, elaborates on what the paramedics said, which we never exactly talked about the determination the paramedics made. Yeah. And that was that it was, um. Joyce died of an aneurysm, Mm -hmm. which was in the area of um, the tumor that was removed. And uh, Buffy at first is like, well, why couldn't we notice this? And doctor said, sometimes uh, these things are detectable. Sometimes they aren't. Um, And he then explains that uh, even that she more than likely didn't feel um, any pain. uh, Just probably happened and uh, even if somebody had been there and when he says this while he's saying this you get this um you get this like little montage of um of a uh, buffy like being there if like when joy's having a headache mm-hmm. and going to like the being in the ambulance with her and uh he's like even if somebody had been there it wouldn't have helped and then there's this this one little brief line mm-hmm. and it and I don't think I ever noticed this, um, or I forgot about it, but, uh, like Buffy had been asking, um, oh, and she, are you sure she didn't feel pain? And, uh, the doctor, and this is clearly something that Buffy is imagining him yeah. saying, but he says, um, I'm lying to make you feel better. Yeah.
0: And it's clearly ADR'd because he's not, mm-hmm. his mouth is not matching yeah. up with that. Yeah. That's a really cool moment. Um they the scoobies um
1: oh giles does say that he's going to um yeah he's going to take he, care of yeah, the because, paperwork yeah there's plenty of paperwork and he says that he's going to do as much of it as he can and um he and yeah and you think this doctor would have like a little bit of better manner he's not um,
0: any other time we've seen him uh,
1: fair enough <laughs> but uh yeah and he just like oh there are some release forms I'm like we'll take care of it okay. and uh so giles goes to take care of that yeah. so um good on you giles
0: Good boy, Giles. We don't get much of Giles's perspective in this episode, but
1: that's okay. It's, it, there's a lot going yeah. on. We, yeah, and um, um, and in the coming days, they will. Um, Buffy and Dawn will be leaning on Giles mm-hmm. a lot, yeah. and uh, this is just kind of like a preview of that. Yeah,
0: the Scoobies go sit. Um, Dawn, uh, Dawn's. Not happy. Um, she's very frustrated. Um, well, she wants to she, see the body. She wants because... to see, yeah, she wants to see her mother. She says she's going to go to the restroom. Um, Willow, uh, Xander, and Anya go off to get food. They want to try to get Buffy to eat. Buffy deflects, but says that maybe Dawn could use something to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, this leaves Buffy and Tara alone. Um, not a
1: not a typical pairing. Not a
0: typical pairing, but one that whenever it happens, I absolutely fucking adore. Um, Buffy expresses that she's never done this before and then says, you know, that's a stupid thing to say. And Tara says, well, I have. And this is when we learned that um, something probably could be inferred from her family's visit and family. Yeah. But mm-hmm. confirmed here is that when she was young, her mother died when she was 17. And, um, she explains, you know, that she, she wasn't herself after it happened. She did things that she's ashamed of. She, um, Buffy asks her if, uh, you know, she, she tells her, you know, everything, your feelings valid. It's okay. Buffy asks if it was sudden and Tara says no, but then says, but also yes, Mm -hmm. it always is. Yeah, even and, if
1: it's, I feel that um, seeing this as somebody who uh, fortunately has not lost a, well, who hasn't lost a blood parent, um, it, like, I feel like even if it was drawn out over years, mm-hmm. it, the idea of, like, them being gone is not something that could be, yeah, like, all of a sudden, like, it is all of a sudden, because then they're just not there. They were there before, but then they're not.
0: Yeah. Um. When the gang returns, uh, uh, at this point, Dawn has left the restroom and has decided to go into the morgue, which is uh,
1: conveniently placed right next to the restroom. Yeah. So um, the the entrance to the hallway is. Yes. They she goes in there. She um. Buffy Buffy says that she's worried about Dawn, mm-hmm. and she thinks that Dawn is mad at her, and that she doesn't believe, like that. Mm-hmm. That Joyce is gone. She thinks that um, Buffy is lying. Which, it, which I mean, we heard her say in yeah. her vignette. And um, that's why she's going to the morgue. Because she wants to see the body. Yeah, She wants to see Joyce. Uh,
0: unfortunately for Dawn, there is a fucking gnarly looking vampire in there. Um, luckily, Buffy... Her Slayer senses are tingling. She realizes Dawn's been gone for a while, Um, so she starts to go down that creepy hallway. Um, Here's Dawn scream, uh, runs in, uh, and what follows is a a very brutal vampire fight. Mm -hmm. Um, This vampire is disgusting to look at. He's pale, veins like autopsy scar. I'm completely naked we do not get any of the normal flips or flying kicks or you know it is it's a it's a brawl it is fisticuffs um uh dawn is knocked across the room and uh which pulls down the sheet off of joyce's face uh and buffy beheads the vampire with a um uh a surgical saw uh pretty fucking brutal um not something we see on this show we see headings but it's like with a sword or, or, um, or a drum symbol. Yeah, it's <laughs> and it's and it happens it's, it's fast. It's quick. It's and not him, we don't if, see her struggling through bone.
1: And if you're wondering why uh she doesn't look for something wooden to stab this vampire with, um if this is like any other medical yeah. area, these have these um these areas have to be kept as sterile as possible. Um and uh wood is That's very fi- yeah wood mm-hmm. is very fibrous, um, so uh, it's easy for bacteria and stuff to just like get in there and grow and fester, which makes it easy to like have things be contaminated. So yep. there isn't going to be any wood in this um, in this lab in this morgue. Yeah, uh, so you gotta gotta go <laughs> with a uh, classic beheading. Yeah,
0: it's it's pretty rough, uh, and we end the episode on bo- uh buffy's on the floor looking up at dawn dawn's you know looking down at their mother's face um she asks if she's cold buffy says it's not her she's gone dawn says where did she go she reaches out to touch the body but before she does cut to black
1: well, we cut to executive producer we yeah.
0: we got to the uh instigator of our pain uh all right so let's let's talk through this uh why don't we start with the vampire fight um if there's one aspect of this episode that's controversial it's the inclusion of this vampire there's some people who really really think it's out of place um and and some who don't Uh, Uh, what's your perspective
1: I don't think it's out of place Um, it obviously carries like um, it obviously carries like a lot of different meanings probably the meaning that I'm going to go with is that um, it's it's yet another indication of the world still going Mm -hmm. on that being said this is Buffy's world and even with the death of her mother she's still the slayer and they're still on a hell mouth. They're still going to be vampires. And vampires are going to suck. Yeah. Um. So... Buffy... And also, it's it's even more important that uh, Buffy's... The two people that Buffy had to protect most were Dawn and Joyce. Mm-hmm. She can't protect Joyce anymore. Joyce is gone. And there was nothing... And it's constantly shown throughout the episode that there was nothing that she could have done about it. This wasn't glory. This was a natural thing and it was unpreventable. She still has to protect Dawn. And now like that's, that's probably her raison d'etre for the rest of this season and probably like beyond as well. Mm -hmm. But, um, this is, uh, and she, uh, I think that's exemplified well in this scene because Dawn's still in danger, and Buffy's still the Slayer.
0: Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I think I think the first time I saw the episode, I think it did take me out a bit. Uh, just we we had this had it hadn't been an action show anymore. And, and I think the but... reason.
1: Uh, sorry, I'm just gonna yeah. like. Think about, I think the reason that I wasn't taken out of it was because it stayed with, like there weren't any quips, there weren't yeah. any flips, there weren't any. Um, like little bits of music either um it the type of fight that this was is very much in line with the episode's aesthetic
0: i agree I'm, I'm no i'm right there with you because yes even though i think the vampire is important in the episode i think if they had gone the traditional way it would be really out of place but mm-hmm. yeah it's brutal it's gross it's um it's 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 very much grounded and yeah Life goes on. And unfortunately for Buffy, part of that means fighting vampires. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this whole scene works for me. It's and it doesn't feel like. I mean, it might be the, the case that the network went in and said you have to have an action scene in there somewhere. But even if that's the case, it doesn't feel like. Um, out of place. It doesn't yeah. feel... It doesn't feel mandated by the network. It
1: doesn't... And, yeah, and I don't think it robs the episode of its impact. Yeah. No, no.
0: Um, let's move on to... It. I got the other big things. The scene between Buffy and Tara. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just lovely. It's just... It, it really is Amber Benson's time to shine. Um, in this episode, you know, she was part of the, the Scooby group in that last vignette, but like I said she wasn't really doing much but but caring for others and she's still caring here she's still doing that um because that's the type of person she is mm-hmm. but we get more of her life we get to learn more about her um and we we see why she's the perfect person for buffy to have around um you know her despite all their best efforts all uh, Xander or Willow and Anya could do were, were show up with too much food after they panic, yeah. which is funny. Like it is a funny moment, and it and it feels real, and it doesn't. Fe- it's funny, but it doesn't feel light. You know, it does yeah. feel like, what should we get? I don't know. Just get everything. Yeah. Um, their hearts are in the right places, but Tara actually has the capacity mm-hmm. to give the care that Buffy needs. Um, and in a way that in a way that giles is doing as well um you know giles can do the paperwork you know giles can take care of that so buffy doesn't have to worry about it and tara can be an empathetic ear
1: it makes me think of um of an episode of friends uh with um i know it'll sound weird to reference like while we're in the middle of a very somber episode but um rachel finds out that her parents are like separating Mm -hmm and uh this is like right around her birthday and uh they want to have a party but um her dad and that her mom's coming to but her dad's also going to be there and so, so they have the two parties they have the right? two parties what, yes I remember this um leads to very humorous effects especially like people thinking that monica's party is dull and they go over to <laughs> the other party but um there's a scene at the end where like obviously rachel's had to deal with like going back and forth between the parties and pretending that, like, oh, her parents aren't in the same building. And uh, a lot of the times, her parents are just talking to her about how much they hate the other person. Mm -hmm. And and Rachel has to go through all that. And so at the end of the episode, she's kind of sitting there just exhausted from it all. And at the time, she is dating Ross. But that's not who she talks to at the end of the episode. She talks to Chandler. Mm -hmm. Because... Chandler is the one who has been through this, like his parents famously split up and, um, I'm not going to go into all the details of that because there's some very outdated stuff in that. We don't have the time to unpack all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, and they have this conversation that, um, and it's not, and you don't see Rachel and Ch- at this point in the series, you haven't seen Rachel and Chandler interact too much. Um, and, uh, and then like when he gives her these words of comfort, like she hugs him and uh, Ross comes out and uh, Chandler kind of like motions him over and then kind of like passes her over to mm-hmm. him to hold. And uh, it, it's, it's great. Yeah. Like I, it, it, and that's what this reminds me of. Yeah. Like it's, Again, it's uh, Buffy and Tara, not the usual pairing, but they like that's that is the person that Buffy Mm -hmm. needs at the moment. Yeah,
0: it would have been easy for them to make write a scene here between Buffy and Willow, or Buffy and Xander, or Buffy and Giles. Mm -hmm. Any of those characters would have made sense here, and they probably could have written a really beautiful scene that I'm sure would have been lovely. But the fact that it's Tara just it is it elevates it to something really special mm-hmm. um for both of these characters um
1: and the events in this episode just make the rest of this season i feel like it the the fact that like the death of buffy's parent like her blood relative that um actually gives a shit about her mm-hmm. Like now, all Buffy has is her found family, yeah, and Dawn, um, which
0: who's found in a way, yeah, like, you know. Um,
1: but going into stuff like that is a little bit of a spoiler, so we're not going to do that right yeah. now. But, uh, but no, and like the fact that this is now her family that she has, her only family that she has, makes the group tighter, and it makes everything that happens from here on out. That much more impactful and emotional, and just the stakes are higher. Yeah.
0: Um, so I'm gonna relate this to my life now. Okay. Um, so, um, I'm sure I've talked about this on here before, but last summer my grandfather died. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was in some ways very reminiscent of how Joyce died. Um, my grandfather spent last summer. Myriad of health problems. He he already had a bad heart, um, but he had a, he had a heart attack and he had a small stroke and he had COVID um, and he had to have a surgery uh, for his heart to repair or something. Um, and the surgery went well and he was in recovery. Um, same as Joyce. Uh, and a couple of days later, um, after seemingly, you know, everything was seemingly going well. Um, he took a very sudden bad turn. Pretty much out of nowhere, and passed away a couple hours later. And the day that that happened was the most one of the most surreal days of my life. Um, I he he passed um around three thirty, sometime between three thirty and four in the morning. Um, and I you know I was asleep. I was <laughs> I was here as a. Uh, Thursday, well, at that point it was Friday. Yeah. But, um, You were
1: sleeping like normal people. Yeah. Not like me. <laughs> um,
0: but, uh, at about 5 a.m., John got up to go to the bathroom, which woke me up, and I just happened to look at my phone, um, and I had, um, a text message, a missed call, and a voicemail from my stepmom from an hour prior. And I like I saw that, and I, I do literally. You,
1: do you silence your phone before you go to bed? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um. Like the vibrate still on, but um, it did, clearly didn't wake me up. Yeah. Um. And I saw that, and I knew I, I knew like I was like, oh, Paul died. Like, uh, I knew it was something bad had happened, and since you know he had just gone through that surgery, I was like, he's dead. I know that before I even looked, and I, you know, I listened to the voicemail, and she was like, you know, please call us as soon as you can, it's about Paul, and I was like, yeah, confirmed, and I, I call, and it was just really bizarre, because I, I came in here, it was like, John was still in the bathroom, I like, came in here, and I called my dad, my brother answered, and he wouldn't tell, say what was going on, until he passed me off to my dad, um, and my dad told me what happened and it was very much like, I, I, it was really confusing. You know, it was like, I, I knew before I answered, but I was still like half awake. Um, so, I was, and I, he was like, we're all, you know, they were all out in Oldham County where, where most of my dad's family lives and they were at my grandmother's place. And, um, he's like, you know, we're all out here. Do you want to come? And I was like, well, I'm like half asleep And it's raining right now, so I don't know if I should drive. And my dad was like, it's raining, what? And I was like, yeah, it's raining right now. And he was like, oh, it's not raining here. And I was like, yeah, it's raining here. It was not raining here. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know if I heard John peeing or whatever and thought it was raining. But I just, in my mind, I I knew it was raining And it wasn't safe for me to drive, like, in this weird, emotional, sleep-deprived place while it's raining. Um, And it was, yeah, it was just, and I remember this vividly. Like, I remember hearing rain, and then, and at this point, John had come in, and he was also, like, looking around, like, what the fuck, is that raining? Uh, So, like, I went back to bed, and then I woke up at, like, quarter to nine, and I was like, holy shit, I'm supposed to be at work, and i email my boss and I'm like, hey, my grandpa died. I'm not sure what time I'm going to be at work. Um, and then I fell back asleep and I woke up at like noon and my boss had emailed me back and was like, you're not coming to work today. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And yeah, and I was just like in a weird fog. I remember doing a bunch of dishes. Like, I was like, oh, I don't have to go to work. So I guess I should clean some stuff. It was It was just like, I spent the day in such, in just the strangest fog until my aunt called me later that night and she was like, hey, are you okay? Do you want to come out here? And th- that's when I kind of like, kind of snapped out of it and was like, yes, yeah, I'm coming to be with you all. But it was yeah, it was just a really truly bizarre day where I was like, I don't understand. Yeah. And my relationship there was complicated and, you know, I'm not going to go into all of that, but... Um, yeah, it's just really weird. So watching this episode again, after going through that, this is the first time I've seen this episode since I had that experience. I was like, I, w- I was seeing a lot of those things, especially how Buffy was the kind of, kind of catatonic yeah. in those scenes. Um, yeah. And then with my grandmother dying of COVID the year before, also <laughs> a lot of stuff there. Um, yeah. In that case, I didn't really go through the fog of it all. I I was more like Xander. In that case, I was really, really mad um, because she passed. She died of COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, it just just made me really, really angry um, that, you know, just other shitty people and their horrible, horrible disregard for human life uh, killed my grandmother
1: okay (laughs) you need to take a minute
0: no i'm good i am good but uh yeah it's just this episode brings a lot up um
1: it does like
0: and especially when you when you've got those experience and i i have a really really big family um so i dealt with a lot of death um uh from some people that i was really really close to especially um uh my, my first one that I remember was my great-grandfather when he died. He and I were really close. I was 11. Um, yeah. And it was, so. Is there anything else in this hospital scene we need to talk
1: about? <laughs> um, no, we kind of, like, covered it. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously the big players in this are uh, Buffy, Tara, and Dawn. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of covered all the bases. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that takes us to the end of the episode.
0: Yeah. And it's a that final shot is... Chills. Chills, mm-hmm. chills, chills. Um, it's not a lot... Like we said, not a lot happens. Everything we talked about, do nothing you, really happens. Do but... you ever
1: wonder... Like, I'm just now kind of thinking like that final shot, like Dawn trying to contemplate what happened. I mean, Dawn's existence is not... Is not the traditional form, (laughs) the garden form existence, garden variety existence that a lot of other people have. Do you think that's why she's kind of like reacting this way Um, in this particular scene? I mean, you could also say like, oh, she's a, she's a, she's like a teenage girl trying to comprehend the death of her mother. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know, you could like add a little more to well, it if you want to
0: yeah i mean no you're right it is like all of that everyone's emotions here are grounded in real things um and that's you know that is that but like you said you know also supernatural things are part of this world mm-hmm. the idea of where did she go in their world is a very valid question yep. you know um and the, yeah like you said and from dawn's perspective she had an entire existence before her existence So why not something after? Um, And uh, uh, so, yeah, certainly all of those things are running through her head as they, I would say, run through everyone's head, even in our world. You know, I mean, there's a reason, you know, myths of the afterlife exist. You know, it's comforting for people. It's answering a question that people want to say. And you know, I don't personally believe in an afterlife. I, I know, there's a lot of times where I'm like, God, I hope I'm wrong. Like that'd be cool.
1: Yeah, like, there are definitely. There have been moments, especially in like the last this um. Like basically, uh, ever since I kind of fell on the agnosticism side of the of belief mm-hmm. that um, while obviously like the Catholic church, which I was originally a member of, um, has like a lot of flaws. Um, there are like, sometimes I look at religious people, not just Catholics, but religious people in general. And I do envy them mm-hmm. because, you know, a lot of them kind of like have this idea in their heads that like, Hey, as long as I go to church and I like, and I, uh, you know, repent my sins and, uh, you know, don't kill anybody or anything. Then, uh, I'm gonna get to go to this like eternal paradise with my uh, with my old relatives. yeah, so.
0: which is nice. And, and you know who's to say? who's to say that that there, there something happens that allows our consciousness to go on after our bodies don't function that we just don't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I mean, I don't personally think that's true, but be cool.
1: <laughs> I mean I'd love to be a ghost. Y- you have to think. <laughs> there is so much about the universe that we don't know yeah so we don't know like i mean can't even really define like why our brains are the way that they are like what exactly constitutes a soul a personality Mm -hmm. anything like that we don't have concrete answers and therefore we don't have concrete answers as to like what happens to that when our flesh prisons (laughs) expire yeah
0: Maybe our minds don't die. Maybe we're just trapped in our dead bodies for all eternity.
1: Would you think that would be worse than uh than um that like Doctor Who uh afterlife where um you know if like people get cremated or something then like their they're afterlife <gasps> oh, always feel it.
0: In Miracle Day? Yeah. Or no, not in or Miracle no. Day. This is like no, season s- eight. I don't know, I know what you're talking season about. Eight yeah. of Doctor
1: Who? With yeah, um, Missy. Mm-hmm.
0: Not yeah. Oof. I honestly, both of those were like, yikes! That's <laughs> very grim. Um, Sorry. All right. <laughs> um, that's the body. It's it's a beautiful episode. It's
1: yeah. It's. I feel like it, it, anything else that we say is just gonna yeah. be like uh, repeating what we said before. But yeah, mm-hmm. it is kind of the uh, one of these seminal episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, and yeah, I mean. I guess it kind of goes without saying five out of five. Like this is one of those episodes that didn't just like change the tone of the series, but I mean, it's arguably one of the most important episodes of television. Yeah.
0: This for me, I've, uh, I, I, I divide Buffy the show into three acts. Um, act one is seasons one, two, and three. Um, act two is season four and season five to this point for Buffy um, and it's through the rest of the season for the rest of the characters but like and then Act 3 is the rest but like the UPN yeah. seasons um, but like for Buffy the character we are in what I consider to be Act 3 of the show mm-hmm. um, and that's after, that's post the body yeah. the rest of the characters will catch up in season 6 mm-hmm. um, but it really I mean Joyce is gone she's yeah. always been there since episode one, she's one of the first characters we saw on screen. Um, she's been with us this whole time, and now she's not. And we're just left with the body. And it's it's devastating. And and I think very well earned. Yeah. I think the show earned this death. Mm-hmm. I Part of that is because we've build, been building the whole season to it. You know, if, if we hadn't had this whole arc of Joyce's illness earlier in the season and we'd just had Buffy walk home one day and her mom was dead, I'd, I'd call it bullshit. It's bad storytelling, but yes. this felt real and earned and un- unfortunately for Joyce, necessary for Buffy's next steps.
1: There are four, I think, extremely monumental deaths in the series the first being Angel mm-hmm. in Season 2. The second being Joyce now. The other two we'll talk about when we get to yeah. it. So um, I'm
0: curious, are you only counting main cast deaths? Because I would throw Jenny Calendar in there as well.
1: I guess, yeah, I am counting uh, main cast okay. deaths. Fair enough. Um, yes, I can legitimately say that i am only counting main cast deaths mm, okay. <laughs> and harrison already knows what i'm talking about eat shit <laughs> ouch
0: all right um anything else i i feel like we've said it all like yeah it's funny i was i i am glad we we went the route we did the f- formatting of this because one it's kept this episode at a reasonable length um and uh uh, but also, we, it really allowed us to focus on what really, really matters and not linger on some of the details. Not that the details aren't really impressive in this episode. Like, I'm a really big fan of all the really extreme close-up shots of, like, the telephone mm-hmm. and, and the paper towel when Buffy lays it down on where she was sick. Like, the episode itself is, you know, stripping out the emotion from it. It's just filmed very well. Um, but that emotion is the key. And, like, (laughs) the key. Um, from a plot point, you don't need this episode. We could easily have gone from the end of last week into next week's episode. But I'm glad we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, um... You didn't give it a score, by the way. Oh, five out of five. Okay. (laughs) I figured... But uh, that one, make sure. Yeah, this is my this um, is a top three for me. And, and yeah, guys, and um, don't worry. Uh, next week we're gonna like be back to our um, like you know, fun loving uh, selves. <laughs> we're gonna like have the wacky jokes at the beginning. We're gonna have our ridiculous ratings. It's just that this episode, se- it didn't seem appropriate. Did not it, seem appropriate. Yeah, we we really just needed to like wear that somber purple uh, mm-hmm. sweater. Yeah. Um. But sincerely, from the depths of our hearts, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Angel Season Two, Episode Sixteen, Epiphany. God, I hope someone has a fucking epiphany in that episode.
0: I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at harrisonalexanderkaufman and on Twitter at harrisonkaufman.
1: And I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yami j three five seven and on Twitter at yami
0: you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us, uh, email your favorite memories of Joyce Summers to us uh, at Buffy at gmail.com.
1: And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week we are highlighting Our House Grief Support Center. The Our House mission is to provide the community with grief support services, education, resources, and hope. Since 1993, Our House has helped thousands of grieving children, teens, and adults as they embark upon their journey of hope and healing. Visit www.ourhouse-grief.org for more information. And as always, go slay.
1: And be gay. Bye. Bye.